Greetings and salutations and welcome to Ref the Districts, episode 152. I'm Nathan Perry. Stoner is joining me today. No Trev. If you might follow him on social media, you might have seen he was in a car accident earlier this week. He's taking time to heal. We wish him the best in the recovery. And of course, we encourage you to reach out and tell him how much he's loved and that you hope that he feels better. So make sure he is taken care of. He's taken that well-deserved time off and resting after a pretty serious uh, car wreck that he had. So we do wish Trev all the best, especially in this holiday season as we approach Christmas right around the corner, Stoner. Mm. Mm. That's Monday, right? Yeah. All I, uh, all I know about Christmas this year is that the Commanders are playing on Christmas Eve. I, that's <laughs> all I know about It doesn't usually happen that close to Christmas, so. Uh, yeah, it's sneaking up on, on us on Monday. Christmas Eve game against the New York Jets. Washington Commanders will be traveling for that one and are currently listed as underdogs on Bet Online. We're, of course, mm. sponsored by Bet Online. They provide all of the wagering information you will need right at your fingertips. You can either log into Bet Online or pull it right up on your phone as they have a mobile app. You can bet on the NFL, NBA. You can bet on all of those college bowl games coming up this holiday season. Get into the spirit and use the code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to get yourself a 50% welcome bonus as they are proud sponsors here of Ref the District and the Believe Network. Bet online, where the game starts. Of course, here on Ref the District, we do encourage you to bet responsibly as well. Do not become Stoner, who has wasted away all of his money gone on Washington Commanders getting the over on the six and a half wins. Hey, still got a shot. Do an outside yet. shot, an outside shot. We will have our predictions, our game predictions there in the cool down for the game. We will be talking about the Jets, who one way or another, Stoner, will mm -hmm. ruin some Commanders fans Christmas. And I'll explain mm -hmm. how that works out when we get to the game. And then here for the don't sleep warm up, it's the GM's choice Ooh. where we will talk about the teams that are in the NFL and whether or not they inherited a QB or whether or not they drafted their QB. We've got Super Bowl stats. We've got everything when it comes to that. We've also got a lot of people in the don't sleep chat right now. Locked on loan, Tommy T, Gus, all going at it in there already talking about all sorts of stuff. We got P-Dub in the house, Doug here as well. Let's get into it. Sonar. All right. I want to preface this conversation okay. with neither one of us are necessarily advocating the move to draft a QB. We're merely presenting information. Now, maybe by the end of it, we might have an opinion. <laughs> That's right. But, That's but large by and large stoner, what we're trying to do here is explain for the fans, because right now it seems like most fans are split on Big time. The, the, the decision that's up to come up. Now, John Kime had a wonderful tweet saying he sees that a lot of people are already talking about the draft and they're getting focused on one position, you know, whether or not that is an offensive lineman or a QB or Marvin Harrison Jr. And he mm -hmm. just warns people, don't get too locked into a position right now because that's not how the draft works and right. there's plenty of time to go. So I loved that tweet. I think it was a great tweet because – 
even though we're split on whether or not Washington should get a QB, you got the Howlers who are saying, give Sam Howell a line, a new coach, and you'll see how good he can be. And you've got the people who have seen enough and say, draft one of these studs here mm-hmm. or who might end up during the draft process appear to be a stud. By and large, I think, I think that's the second time I used by and large, by the way, I'll have to move off of that real quick. Caleb Williams, Penix, uh, Drake May, Jaden Daniels is coming in hot. A lot of people starting to love Jaden Daniels. And then Bo mm-hmm. Nix is another one that uh, people are starting to like. So Washington is going to end up with more than likely a top five pick. Right. And Sam Howe hasn't exactly played at a level that says build around me. He's had a few games and early on the season, he had plenty of throws that were just outstanding. But as the season's gone on, we've seen a little less of those kind of plays that a new GM might say, that's my guy. Mm. So we want to go through though and take a look at what information's out there. Is a new GM likely going to give Sam Howell another year? Or is that new GM going to say, hey, coach, let's get you your guy right here in the draft because we can. Because at that point, you have, you know, pretty much your pick. You know, obviously, Kayla Williams expected to go 1-1. But, I mean, outside of that, who knows? Well, if the and yeah, we don't know because we don't know what the Bears are going to do with that first overall pick, most likely. Are they going to? continue with the development of Justin Fields or are they going to go one, one with Caleb Williams? Are they going to trade back? You have just no idea how this is going to work out, but it is interesting in all the research that we've been doing for this show. Plus our off season show that uh, shows that we're going to have coming up in terms of how to rebuild this franchise personnel wise. It is just super interesting to, to look at the coach, the GM coach, quarterback relationship to winning organizations and you're not going to find a blueprint that says this is the way you got to do it this is the only way you got to do it and then how how that relates to sam howell here in washington we have no idea we could watch three consecutive 325 yard games for sam howell here at the end with three touchdowns and no picks in each game and he looks spectacular, and he could still get blown out by a new regime. Or he could have three more games like he's had where he gets benched three consecutive games in the second half because he's bad, and he could still end up being the quarterback here next year if the new regime decides to build around a quarterback or just uses him as a bridge quarterback until they're ready to insert one. You just have no idea, and there is no there is no blueprint that says – this is the way to do it, and this is how every team should do it. We'll see when it when it comes to that time, but interesting stuff, the the research that we've done. It it is pretty interesting, and there's things that are are gonna trade where it goes here. And I'm gonna go back to Gus talking about the John Kime tweet, right? He's saying Gus is saying that Kime's tweet makes sense if we had a pick outside the 10, but with a possible top three pick. The draft becomes a whole lot clearer. And then Tommy T wanting to build the trenches. And, and and there are going to be, you know, pretty much, again, Washington at the where they are picking are going to have a lot of options, a lot of serious blue chip players or the potential to have a blue chip player at the top mm-hmm. 
But this at this particular time, we're not going to look at the trenches. We're, this isn't really a draft thing. This is what is the new GM likely to do type conversation here. Yep. Because you have a couple different sides of the coin. Steichen, new coach in Indianapolis, Gus Bus is asking, did Steichen make a mistake by drafting Anthony Richardson this year? Anthony Richardson started off the year hot before that injury, was sure looking like the QB of the future for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, some people like Gardner Minshew, but that's a career backup. That's that's your Fitzmagic type is it? Uh, deal. Gardner is it? Minshew or, is, yeah. I mean, he has proven to be that, but as Gus is kind of pointing out, Maybe he's the guy to lead this particular team for the next three or four years as they continue to build towards a championship contender team. Why wouldn't that be Anthony Richardson when he comes back healthy? It it may be, but he Gus's point though, is that maybe it was a mistake because Minshew was good enough to get this team to that next level. Maybe. I mean, we don't really believe that. But you just never know. Maybe they made a mistake in drafting a quarterback at all, not necessarily Anthony Richardson in in particular, but drafting a quarterback at all because they've shown with a career backup in Gardner Minshew that they're in the playoff hunt. Now they're just right on the edge. Let's not not get crazy here. But they are three games better than Washington. They won seven games this year, and and they're right there trying to get in. So, it would That's be more and it would be more interesting to see where they would be with Anthony Richardson sure. healthy because if they yeah, maybe they're clearly in the playoffs with yeah, Anthony maybe. Richardson or they're in the same spot or you're the New York Giants who last year made the playoffs with Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. Now, using Daniel Jones is not exactly the greatest argument in the world because daniel jones did get paid and now the giants are in this position where they have a overpaid qb and an undrafted free agent qb seems to be doing a lot better with the team than daniel jones did this year but this was an inherited qb that did take them to the playoffs and so again there are multiple ways to build a roster so it's gonna be it's going to be interesting when we come to April for the draft, but right now let's take a look at some of those stats. Start us off there, Stoner. In terms of, you know, the inherited QBs right now, or inherited QBs from the coach that came in, I didn't look at GMs. I just looked at coach because I believe regardless of who the GM is, the coach has more input on who the quarterback is going to be. Mm-hmm. The head coach is going to tell the GM, who he wants for his quarterback. It's usually not the other way around. The GM usually takes care of pretty much everything else with the coach's input, but the head coach is going to say that. But of the teams that are there right now, there are nine teams in the NFL currently who have a coach that inherited a quarterback. And four of those teams are currently in the playoffs in contention. Jacksonville is a great example. They Urban Meyer drafted Trevor Lawrence. Sure. But Doug Peterson inherited him. Now he's a 1-1 guy, right? He was drafted 1-1, and he was one of those generational uh, quarterbacks that they talked about. I know we don't like using that word, but whatever. He's a supposed to be a great quarterback. So there's one particular team that inherited a quarterback that is in the playoff hunt. And then also the Dolphins. Mike McDaniel 
inherited Tua. Who's the coach before? Brian Flores, I believe, is the one that mm-hmm. drafted Tua. But that's the two that are in the playoffs. The Broncos, Sean Payton inherited Russell Wilson. He was a guy that um, the the previous guy who lasted an entire one year before <laughs> getting uh, run out of town. It. Yep. And then uh, and then the Chargers, um, whoever the coach is now, Brandon Staley slash Smith is the their current guy. They inherited um, Justin Herbert. Uh, Justin Herbert from the previous regime. I can't remember who the coach was. Anthony Lynn. That's who it was. Mm-hmm. Drafted Justin Herbert. So there's four teams in the AFC. Two of them are playoffs. Two of them are not. And then in the NFC, you got the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy inherited Dak Prescott. Um, uh, Kevin O'Connell inherited Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. And the one you just brought up earlier was uh, the Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Dable uh, inherited D, uh, Daniel Jones. The Bears, Eberflus inherited Fields. And then in Arizona, the brand-new coach there, Jonathan Gannon, this year inherited Kyler. There's two playoffs, three non-playoffs. Yep, so there's so only four nine. five, yeah. So it's there's there's nine teams overall that inherited. That leaves, if I can do the math correctly, twenty three teams in the NFL who are not the coach does not have the quarterback that he started with. That he said, I can't win with this guy. GM, we got to make a move. And some of them are kind of interesting that they did make those moves. Now you have the guys who've been there a while, like. Uh, Harbaugh for the Ravens that almost doesn't count and Tomlin and Belichick and mm-hmm. and guys like that but just to kind of look at at certain teams like um, the Browns right Kevin Stefanski he inherited Baker Mayfield he said not good enough not good enough and then you have on on the flip side of that you have uh, Baker Mayfield is now where remind me he is in Tampa right yes. so Tampa started off Todd Bowles he had he inherited Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Now Tom Brady retired, and then he decided Baker Mayfield is good enough to be my guy. You know what I mean? So sure. one man's trash is another man's treasure as well. There's just a lot of interesting things like that. But literally, the thing to look at is that there are 23 teams currently in the NFL where the coach said, the quarterback that you gave me when I got here, not good enough. I got to get somebody different. And a couple of these may move on as well with the Bears Eberflus with the Giants with Daniel Jones may end up moving on the Cardinals. That's a really weird situation. Um, but otherwise, and maybe Russell Wilson, who knows him and Sean Payton don't seem to get along very well. There may be a, a battle, a power struggle there. And if Sean Payton wins and Russell Wilson's gone. So you're going to have close to 25 teams in the NFL where the coach says, not good enough. I'm not coming in here and taking the guy you gave me. Ron Rivera uh, inherited Dwayne Haskins, and he's been through like five or six quarterbacks. It's crazy to look at some of those stats like that to see what these teams started with when the coach got there and where they are now. And and it's interesting, too, to see that four of the 16 teams in the current playoff picture are ones that have inherited QBs which means 12 of those teams were ones that went out, they got their guy mm-hmm. and that's what they're looking for. So I think that's an important thing to look at. And we're going to talk about the Super Bowl here, but I did want to mention, cause he kind of mentioned two of the, the names that jumped out there with Baker Mayfield and um, uh, Trevor Lawrence NFL CBS's NFL Twitter page was on one 
uh, this week as mm. they tweeted out a couple of engagement posts. One was Baker Mayfield's stats in um, in Tampa Bay, comparing it to Tom, Tom Brady's last season yeah. in in uh, Tampa Bay, and saying that essentially it, saying that Baker's better than Tom Brady or playing as well as Tom Brady in that regard. And then Trevor Lawrence having similar stats. And I think it was 48 starts as Daniel Jones, which got mm. a lot of people talking because of course sure. nobody likes Daniel Jones, right? Uh, but everybody thinks of Trevor Lawrence as a generational talent. So when we move to the Super Bowl, stoner, mm. I have yep. some stats here, but you, you, I know did even deeper dive. Yeah. When it comes to Super Bowl, you have the entirety of the Super Bowl winners. Correct. All right. Let's let's get into those stats. Okay. When it comes to Super Bowl winners, because by and large, everyone wants a competitive team, right? We all right. would love just to like at the bare minimum to have a team that fights for a playoff spot and gets to like the divisional round, maybe a championship game, you know, out of the course of 10 years, you're talking more often than not, you're one of those people that's in the seat. We would want nothing more than that. Like that would be, uh, yeah. that would make us very happy. But yep. the goal is a Super Bowl. That's right. So eventually you'd get tired of that and yes. you'd say, we got to get you over get the hump. Yeah. You get spoiled where you're like, yeah. no, no, no. Division round this year wasn't good enough. Right. Championship game, not good enough. You got to look at Andy Reid. Andy Reid made it to four straight nfc championship games and a mm -hmm. super bowl losing that with the eagles and the eagles eventually were like you know what not good enough look look how the tide's turning on the bills after years and years of kind of getting there getting to the afc championship or very close to it and now they're starting to say okay is josh allen the guy is sean mcdermott the coach to get us over the top as they're struggling this year so yeah it's great to kind of get there but eventually you got to get over the hump all right, Super Bowl winning. You're going to start us okay. from the beginning, or are you going to start us at the most recent? Well, I'll probably probably go Just with the generic most stats. Okay, yeah. most and, recent. And this is again, this is head coaches. I didn't go into the GM portion of it. This is how many head coaches in 57 Super Bowls. How many of the coaches won with the quarterback that was there when the coach got there? Mm -hmm. And there's not that many. Trust me, there's not a whole lot. Just kind of in recent memory, and maybe we'll ask this question, and I'll skip it. The most recent. Let's ask this question for those who are listening and watching. Who do you think is the most recent coach who inherited a quarterback and won a Super Bowl? And then I'll I'll go past that to uh, a little bit later. Let's see if anybody knows who that is. Um, but. What was interesting, I thought, is that the Packers have won three championships over really spread out, right? They won the very first one, right, with Bart Starr. Mm -hmm. Well, with Bart Starr and Vince Lombardi, and they think these two or whatever, Lombardi inherited Bart Starr. Bart Starr was already there when Vince Lombardi got there. So there's one right there. But also, uh, when the Packers won with uh, Mike Holmgren, the, the second time that they won when Brett Favre was a quarterback. When Holmgren got there, Favre was already there. Now, he wasn't the stud quarterback that he eventually came to be because he didn't play really for his first couple of years, very little, but also he was traded from Atlanta. 
Atlanta's yeah. the one that second, actually second drafted. round pick in Atlanta. I do want to correct you, just a small, small one. That was the yes. third Super Bowl that the Green Bay Packers. Oh, won. okay. They won, they the won two. First they two. won. They won two, and then okay. they uh, they had that one later. Gotcha. Okay, and then um, and then the most recent Packers with uh, Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers, right? That Mike McCarthy inherited Aaron Rodgers, so. There's the Packers. All the Packers wins are quarterbacks who are already there, and a new coach came in and got them over the hump. I thought that was interesting. Um, I would not have guessed that. When did who was who drafted Rodgers then? It was who was the coach before that? Lindy Infante. Okay, Lindy Infante was the coach for the Packers when they drafted Aaron Rodgers. Um, and then uh, Holmgren ended up coming in and winning that, or, or um, McCarthy won that with Rodgers. Sure, might it might be Lindy Infante was the guy who was before um, Holmgren, <laughs> so I may be getting those uh, two conflated. But I know he was one of the coaches that were either was there for Favre or was there for Rodgers. Um, and then let me know when you get that. But on also, if you look at Mike Tomlin. When Mike Tomlin won the Super Bowl, Big Ben was already there. Bill Cower drafted Big Ben and won a Super Bowl with Big Ben. And then Mike Tomlin replaced Cower when Cower retired. And so Tomlin won a Super Bowl with Big Ben. Tony Dungy won a Super Bowl in uh, Indianapolis. He inherited Peyton Manning, Jim Mora, um, not Jim, is it Jim Moore? Who's the Mora, the older Mora? Yes. Not, maybe it was Jim Mora Jr. and Jim Mora Sr. So Jim Mora drafted Peyton Manning, and Tony Dungy inherited it and got him over the hump into the Super Bowl. Has anybody got the um, the answer to the most recent? Uh, Gus is saying Harbaugh with Flacco. And that is incorrect. Uh, let's see, because I don't remember... I probably have Harbaugh drafted Flacco his first year. So Flacco is a Harbaugh draft pick. But good guess. Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs did inherit Theismann, but he did not inherit uh, Rippon and Williams. He chose those. Uh, So Joe Gibbs is not. uh, As Gus jumped in there, I guess he corrected himself. Um, Mike Sherman is what Gus is saying about who the coach was. It was Mike Sherman. Drafted. I just, I just, I just got there. It was Mike Sherman. Okay. So it was Lindy Infante, I believe, who was traded for Favre. And then Holmgren came. I was about to say, I was, I did not remember that name coaching Brett Favre, but I didn't want to, I didn't know. <laughs> so I wasn't going to, wasn't yeah. going to correct it on the spot I, there. Yeah. I caught myself on that. I was like, well, maybe, maybe Infante was a little further back. The answer to that question though, by the way, is that. Um, Gary Kubiak inherited Peyton Manning in Denver when they won the Super Bowl. That was John Fox who traded for or signed Peyton Manning, and they couldn't get over the hump. And Fox retired. Gary Kubiak came in, won the Super Bowl with the Broncos and Peyton Manning. So Kubiak inherited Peyton Manning. That was the most recent. Most recent inherited QB to win. Yep. And then, and then I'll just kind of list some. We don't want to go too. I mean, we'll go all the way back. But John Gruden inherited Brad Johnson when they won in Tampa. Um, 
Mike Shanahan inherited Elway when they won those two Super Bowls. Elway could never get them over the top. Would they lose four? Maybe it was three Super Bowls before Elway finally won. Yeah. And that was uh, Dan Reeves, I believe, was the coach that couldn't get them over the hump. Shanahan came in with Elway and took them over the top. Um, and then I mentioned Holmgren inherited Favre, Lombardi inherited Star, Barry Switzer inherited uh, Troy Aikman, of course, in Dallas, whereas Jimmy Johnson drafted uh, Troy Aikman in his very first draft. They came in together. Uh, I mentioned Gibbs inherited Theismann. George Seifert for San Francisco inherited Joe Montana. Now, I thought that was uh, pretty interesting because, of course, um, Bill Walsh yeah, won the first two Super Walsh. Bowls. Um, and Walsh either drafted um, – I think he drafted – yeah, he had to have drafted Montana. And then Don Shula inherited Bob Greasy. Bob Greasy was already there when Don Shula came in. That was interesting to me. And then some guy by the name of Don – McCafferty inherited Johnny Unitas when they won as the Baltimore Colts way back then. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. 13 out of the 57 Super Bowls have been won by a coach who inherited a quarterback. So 44 coaches said, This guy's not good enough that you've saddled me with. I got to get somebody new. And which is kind of the whole theme of what we're talking about here and what Washington is going to do. Is it likely that they're going to give the coach a quarterback that's going to take them to the Super Bowl? No, it's not likely that that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And, and to dig even deeper into just like the last five Super Bowls in recent memory, yeah. as things have changed, right? You know, free agency came around in the 90s, so that changed as far as how teams were built. You have these different kind of contracts right now. You've got a lot more movement that comes around here. Last year was Kansas City with Reed and Philadelphia with Serrani. Now, Serrani inherited Hurts, but Reed drafted Mahomes. That's right. Reed pre uh, in just Kansas City, pre-Mahomes, was 52-27. and competitive at mm-hmm. Alex Smith was doing well and still decided we need a new QB to get over the hump there. And Mahomes did just that winning a couple of Super Bowls there in 21. It was the LA Rams McVay who traded to get Stafford because they had Jared Goff. And even though McVay was 43 and 21, which is what we've been talking about, right? Like we would, we would dream of the days Washington is in the playoff hunt or in the playoffs season after season, they're 43 and 21 pre Stafford. And he decided, no, I got to go get a guy who can get us to the Super Bowl. Get us and then to win a Super Bowl. Get us to win a him. Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. Get us to win a Super Bowl. Yep. Uh, Taylor out of Cincinnati had burrowed. They drafted them. Taylor was two and 14 in his rookie, uh, rookie season as a coach. God yep. awful. Of course, that was the year we drafted Chase Young at number two. And a lot of people thought maybe we should have drafted QB or we ruined our chance to get number one overall. All that's in the and, past there. And who did he have? Who did Zach Taylor have that two and 14 year? Was that Andy Dalton? I would have to go back and check that actually. I think it was an Andy Dalton, but Andy Dalton got hurt and it was just a bunch of no names. Sure. Which got him two wins. But and, yeah, again, your point taken being that 
the guy I have here, not good enough. Yep. Got to get somebody better. You have 2020, the Bucks Arians picked up Brady in free agency, said the guys we have not good enough, went out and got Brady. I did not have time to write down Arians record there. They beat Kansas City Mahomes, uh, again, who was drafted. Not 2019, Reed did Before win. you go to 2019 real quick, um, mm-hmm. before you go there, but uh, in the Arians – had Jameis Winston, who famously had that 30-30 year. Yep. Right? 30 touchdowns, 30 picks. Bruce Arian says, not good enough. I got a chance to go get an all-time great. I got to do it because that's what's going to get me over the hump. And 2019, Reed Mahomes get it there. Of course, that was drafted. They beat the 49ers. Shanahan had Jimmy G, who he traded for. Okay. Mm-hmm. they he, he got to the 49ers and said, I need a QB that's going to take us to the promised land. Give me Jimmy G. Of course, then he famously trades up to get Trey uh, Lance. That doesn't work out. And he stumbles into Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, Bumbles. who I saw a crazy stat today. Brock Purdy, second in the NFL in passing yards, 32nd in passing attempts. Just yep. absolutely wild there for so, Brock Purdy in that Shanahan offense. And then 2018 New England, Bill Belichick won with Brady, who he drafted. He had Drew Bledsoe on the roster mm-hmm. and uh, went out, got Brady, probably in much the same vein as Sam Howe was taken here as, hey, this is a good guy to develop and maybe we have something a long-term backup or anything like that. Turns out he was the greatest of all time, mm. and they beat the McVay Rams who had Goff, and Goff was an inherited QB. So it all signs kind of point right now, Stoner, to a new GM and new coach eventually are going to go get their guy. Yeah. But Tommy has the question here. When did those coaches get their guy? Was it in year one, like uh, Shanahan did with Jimmy G, or was it year two or later on? Yeah. And I don't have all that detailed in front of me. I don't know if you do, but I do have a few information here as far as that. So what do you got for us, Stoner, when it comes to when did they go out and get their guy? I, I won't be able to give you like exact amount of years for all of them, but Andy Reid, of course, when he got there, Matt Castle was the starter the year before, and that's when he when he uh, got Alex Smith, when he traded for Alex Smith or free agent. I can't remember which one. But he had Alex Smith for four or five years, right? He had him for quite a while before he said, I can't get over the hump. I've got to go up in the draft, and they moved up to number 10 to get Patrick Mahomes. Had Patrick Mahomes sit for a year until they could unload Alex Smith's contract on the commanders and then went ahead and got over the Super Bowl, uh, won the Super Bowl. Uh, the Rams with uh, McVay, of course, McVay with Jared Goff, right? Jared Goff was there for four, about four years, maybe five years. Couldn't get over the hump. When that Super Bowl they lost with Goff, wasn't that the nine to six game or whatever it was? Just a horrible offensive display if he had, had a better mm-hmm. quarterback, maybe he would have won earlier. Um, Bruce Arians did it in his um, in his second year, right? He inherited Jameis, had Jameis for the 30-30 year, had a chance for Brady, so he did it in his second year. Um, so, again, these are all guys who are doing it 
Sometimes it's year two. Sometimes it's year five. Um, Andy Reid was on his his second guy that he tried to get. You know, his second stab at a quarterback. And when you look at the teams that lost, like we talked about with, with Kyle Shanahan, he's on his second guy that he's tried to make work. He tried one guy, tried to get Jimmy G. He tried to get Trey Lance. And now he's doing it luck boxing his way in with uh, um, Purdy. So it's there's no pattern. There's just no pattern with this. Sometimes it's right away. And some guys come in and draft the guy. Zach Taylor, as you talked about, with Cincinnati when they lost. Um, and they got Burrow. Burrow was the second year of his mm-hmm. reign. He had Andy Dalton, and he said, whether it was his choice or whatever, he said, I've got a chance to get Joe Burrow one overall. You're one, one you're grabbing a QB, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's unless it you have, who you have. have pretty much. Yeah. If you, unless you get, unless you have the guy, if you're one, one, you're yeah. drafting QB. And that, that goes for, I'd say, Washington as well. If Washington, for whatever reason, I think they got less than a 5% chance right now to end up with that first overall pick. But if they yeah. end up with the first overall pick, it's going to be a QB. Like, you, you just, you just don't pass up on that opportunity yeah, because you're, yeah, not, you don't. you're not picking first overall because you have the guy unless that guy got injured and you're like, yeah. okay, well let's go ahead and build something up. So that, that is an interesting point there. I, I, uh, I kind of had that feeling that it was going to go that way stoner, because that's when I was looking at information, like, so I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but mm-hmm. from what I recall, a lot of these QBs or a lot of these coaches and GMs gave the inherited guy, a shot and then decided themselves, okay, let's move on, see what we got. And that could happen here with Sam Howell. It is exactly what happened in Washington with Ron Rivera, who came in and had Dwayne Haskins for a sophomore season, tried to give that a push. Alex Smith with a big contract ended up being put in, winning some games. We all remember that 2020 season. And then you also had John uh, Jay Gruden, rather, who inherited both RG3 and Kirk Cousins, eventually Mm -hmm. trying to settle on Kirk Cousins before Cousins moved on. Uh, But that was an inherited situation. Joe Gibbs inherited a QB situation. You had Zorn who inherited. Like, it just on and on here at Washington. If I had to put money down on it right now, my guess is this GM, new GM, and new coach probably do keep Sam Howell, but Mm. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but because when I looked at this, it, to me, it showed me they are going to try to build up a team, see if that inherited QB can, you know, change under new direction. And if not, then we'll be looking at a QB in year two. It's, we talked about this before the show that it's, it's, unfair it's not real when we just kind of compare things when you Mm. compare stats sam howell stats this year to andrew luck stats his rookie year it's just not fair to do that because it doesn't give a full picture of what's going on but when it comes to whether or not sam howell is going to be the guy or they're going to give him a shot we just don't know because we don't have anything to kind of compare it to. So mm-hmm. there are, we, we don't know who the GM is going to be. We don't know if the coach is going to be an offensive minded coach or defensive minded coach. But I look at a team as an example. I look at the Houston Texans. 
The Houston Texans were one of the worst teams we've ever seen last year. The Commanders beat them last year, if you remember. And it was one of those games where where we said the Commanders should just go out and just wax them right away and get them out of the way because they had Davis Mills at quarterback. And Washington kind of did. It was one of their easier games of the year. But now all of a sudden the Texans said, we're drafting a quarterback. We're signing some offensive linemen in free agency. We're drafting some offensive linemen, so on and so forth. And now all of a sudden, just like that, in one year, they go from second worst team in the league. And all of a sudden now they're in playoff contention. It doesn't take a year, like you said, Nathan, of let's see if Sam Howell's the guy again with a better team around him. It doesn't have to be that way. It can simply be, we've got to figure out who that quarterback is going to be. And we've got to do whatever it takes to get him and then build everything else around him and not go into a season where we're saying, is this quarterback the quarterback of the future? You just can't keep doing that year after year after year. And if there's any question about Sam, then he's not the guy. That's exactly what I said when it came to our day after reckoning on Monday. I said, if you're benching him this late into a lost season, He's probably not the guy. He's got to yeah. play all the snaps there, despite what you know some people want, like Gus. This is Gus is just an example here, but a lot of people are calling for Jacoby Brissett and they because they want to see whether or not Sam Howe is, is making mistakes and Brissett might be not like Brissett's the guy, but Brissett could show us that this offense works and Sam Howe isn't the guy. Well, more than likely. And the reason why I would not do this, because more than likely we're having a new offensive system next season. So it doesn't do us any good to see whether or not Sam Howell was good in this offensive system. We need to see whether or not he's good in the next one. And if a guy's the guy, Nathan, it doesn't matter the offensive system. I I said that as well. That's even even Jason Campbell kind of it kind of agreed with me, right? Like we talked with Jason Campbell. We had a great discussion with him several weeks back. He had several offensive coordinators, and he's like, "It's going to take a while, but if you got the skill set, you're going to you're going to get it." If you're so, if Sam Howell's the guy, it's not going to matter. Uh, NCR ten says, "Wait, so is Stoner going to start do a short video called Sam is not him? My bad. Maybe answer, just maybe it was. Well, well the answer is if he continues, if Sam Howell continues on this for the next three weeks, a hundred percent, I'll do that. It's it, somebody said it very well. Is that the data, the data to me, the data that I am given, that I have access to, the data has changed. And so, therefore, my opinion can therefore change. So, yeah, if it turns out that he is stinking it up and he's not the guy, I'll do a video that says he's not the guy and I'm a big dummy. Because, or I can just simply say the data has changed. When I did that, he was killing it in all aspects of the game. Now he's not. And so I have a right to change my mind or I can just say, I can say whatever I want and you just have to like watch it and deal with it. Uh, two things here. Uh, uh, Bod his uh, here with uh, Eugene Shin, who was hired by Josh Harris is an analytics guy. So Bod is, is reminding us of Eugene Shin mm-hmm. is going to hire a GM that's analytics driven period. A lot yeah. of talk of Washington's targets right now for the GM, which we'll do a deep dive another week when it comes to that. 
is likely going to take that draft pick and make it into more draft picks. And that is that is Washington is in a catbird seat right now. Okay. Sure. They are either going to get a stud player or they're going to draft uh, trade back and pull like what Philadelphia did where they uh, trade back, get Devonte Smith and then use that extra first round pick to get another stud. And in the case for Philadelphia, that was AJ Brown. There's a lot that can happen. And like I said, we're not necessarily going to get too focused in the draft. It was more so looking at whether or not a GM is going to, a GM and a coach are going to stick with their guy. And Rick here having another great question, which is why is everyone trying to convince us to keep Sam? Why is there such a loud voice for the howlers right now, Stoner? Well, I mean, first of all, I think it's because we haven't, we're kind of what's what's the right way to say it what we've had to compare sam to in these last three or four years sam is just so much better to pleasing to the eye and so our bar is set so low mm-hmm. and therefore we just want to say let's not keep looking he's right here in front of you even though the bar is kind of set really low so i think that's one thing and just kind of another thing is People will tend to hold on if that's what they believed six months ago before the draft and everyone was saying draft Sam Howell because he, the year before, he would have been a top five pick. He's the guy. Stick with him. They just want to stick to their guns. but And they'll do the comparisons. Compare his numbers to Andrew Luck's rookie year. Compare him to Peyton Manning's numbers, his rookie year. Troy Aikman, so on and so forth. You can do that, and if you just kind of look at it that way, you can say, He should be given, he's the man, and he should be given the keys to this offense for the next few years. But there's just obviously so much more to it than just looking at completion percentage, yards, touchdowns. Yeah. And so the box, the box scores is not going to tell the full story. So you don't want to get too wrapped up into that. It wasn't too long, Stoner, that Sam Howell was leading the league in yardage. And now he's been tumbling down after several bad games. And this is where I'll give you some credit. Now, the analytics side, which I agree with, they're going to look at the analytics and they're going to do a deeper dive than just the box score. And they'll see the tail of tape. But there's also you just got to watch the actual tape and you got to do that little sniff test. Yeah, that's all. Get out there and do a little stoner sniff test. Yeah, And that's what we need to see from Sam Howell these last three games is to show us Give us those exciting plays. Give us those exciting plays within the confines of the offense. Yes, when he gets outside the pocket, when he's going off script, those are amazing plays, and we love to see those happen, but also make great plays happen in the context of the offense would be nice. We know it's possible. Jacoby Brissett did it in garbage time last week. Garbage time last week. Can Sam Howell do it against the Jets? We'll talk about that here during the game. 